Hello and welcome to the Lost Art Podcast. I'm Garen, I'm here with Helmet. How are you? This week, we're going to do something a little bit different. So, we were looking at... Well, should we say why we're doing it? Yes. I was yes. talking to I was talking to a few people, like, they were said, oh, I heard you got a podcast. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I've got a podcast. It's about music and stuff, like music. And all I ever hear is, I only listen to podcasts about serial killers and yep. people who have died and crime. Like, that's cool. That's fine. Don't, don't tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> don't tell me not listen to it. Ask me about it and then say, I don't listen to it. That's fine. Now listen to this grant. But uh, there, we're being, we're maybe being a little slightly bitter. A tiny bit. A little bit bitter. Podcasts are all about serial killers and death and, and well, whatever. Nowadays they are. Nowadays. It seems are. to be. Yeah. So, so, so we're having a bit of a. Oof. We're taking a little, a little punt on something a little bit different. So everybody we talk to, like, they listen to podcasts, like you said, about serial killers and true crime. True crime. They're fascinated about, um, you Evil. know, death and, and stuff like that. Evil malarkey. Is what they're interested in. Yeah. So we said, let's do it. Let's have a crack at it. We can do this. So what we've done, we've done something a little bit interesting. We've combined our podcast with other people's podcasts. <laughs> it's what we've done. So this week we're going to do killers. Yes. People in bands and groups and music in general who have gone out of their way. No. Not necessarily out of well, Listen, they're they involved, in a, were involved. In, a, in a death. Yes. Now, I want to say this, that actually somebody has opened my eyes to the fact that some of these people were not really at fault. Yes. And I thought they were. Cause it, it's, it's, I'll go into that more, but, yeah. but actually my eyes were open, so calling them killers now might seem a little bit... Listen, it's... it's they it's, were involved in a death somehow. Yeah. Let's just say that. But it's very divisive and it's very clickbaity. But that's what, that's, what it's, that's what it's all about nowadays, that's what we're man. Here to do. That's what it's all about. We're well, hopefully there will be actually some justice for some of the people in this. Uh, not the people who died, probably. Quite possibly. Anyway, hit us with your fourth one. Who's your fourth one? Keith Moon. Okay. In 1970. Now, just before I go into this, I, I had heard Keith Moon drove into someone when he was drunk. That's all I ever heard about. Yeah. And I was like, all right, it's kind of shitty. Blah, blah, blah. So the reason I picked him is because. He's one of the famous people who were involved in a, in a death. Now, I have to say, straight off the bat, the more I read into it, it's not, I wouldn't call him a killer. Tragic accident. It was, tra- it was tragic. So in 1970, Moon and his wife and, and a few friends were at the opening of a pub. And um, Keith Moon goes in. It's a very kind of working class area. Lots and lots of skinheads <coughs> in there. He's drinking brandies instead of beer. He's rising a Bentley. They're not into it. Mm. Apparently, they hate all that. You know what I mean? So... He's getting a bit of stick in there. Closing time comes. They get back into the Bentley. Yeah. They start shake. The punks come out and start shaking the Bentley. Okay. And threatening <clears> them. <throat> throwing coins right. and all of that. His chauffeur, I think his name is Neil. It's um, Neil Boland. He's also security. For okay. him, you know what I mean? All, all in one. He gets out to try and sort it. Then they can't see him anymore. Yeah. So they get freaked out. And he gets swept up in the maelstrom of people. Yeah, there. so... Moon decides, I'm getting into the car and driving. Yeah. So he drives down the road. Unfortunately, the chauffeur was under the car. Oh. That's fucking horrible. Now, he was drunk, obviously. Mm. I mean, they were all drunk. It's really had a chauffeur, for Christ's sake. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. So, it's kind of really, really, really sad. Because he had no idea until he was halfway down the road. Really? That it was what, what the story was. Ah, and that must have been absolutely horrible. Um, he was charged with his death. Yeah. Uh, drunk driving without license or insurance. Mm. Again, those are things that were going to be the mm. case before this this thing happened. Uh, six weeks later, it was reeled out that it was a death by uh, accidental. accidental. It unfortunately haunted him for the rest of his life, which would probably have contributed to his death in some shape or form. Maybe. In terms of him being bananas on the drink and drugs and all that. Like It's, it's not going to leave you. No. So I'm actually glad I found out more about that because uh, that's kind of a... You know, take take what you want from that. Yeah. The information that I've given there, the information that I found, that's that's not someone deciding to drive drunk. I don't think mm. in in a certain sense. I mean, would you be fearing for your life? Like well, if you're surrounded by a bunch of skinheads and uh, and, and one guy gets out and he goes really. missing into the into the big foray. Mm. I don't know. Like, it's like keep me on his his loss was very tragic. Like Un- unbe- the, unbelievable drummer. When I yeah, when I was a kid, more so than like the Beatles and the Stones, I was always more of a Who fan than anything else. Um, they they always I preferred the songs, I preferred the musicianship, and then when the internet was around, and you got to see videos of Keith Moon drumming oh, 
and doing his own thing. Madness. And the fact he was like, he, he was just, I don't think he, he'd even played drums before he joined the Hill. There was, some, there was loads of weird stuff going on. He just had his own way of doing things. But like, for a guy that was obviously mentally a little bit unstable to begin with, it wouldn't take much to push over the edge. And that was more listen, than Listen, if your wife is in the car, you're absolutely locked and you think you're going to get smashed mm. up and killed and dragged out and go missing, just like the thing that... Yeah, listen, fear putting, that, putting that down to a very tragic... Feels a bit bad putting someone on a killer's name. Yeah. But listen, this is, this is what we're doing right now. Who is your one? My first one is one. a guy called Spade Cooley. Please say you killed someone on purpose. Yes. <clears throat> so, Spade Cooley was like... He was involved in what they call the American Western Swing Movement. So it was like country music, but a little bit more uppy, kind of yeah. danceable, fucking barn music. Now, he was known in that scene. He was he was very well known in that scene. He had, he had a bunch of like top 10 singles in the States and all this kind of stuff. But what's more interesting about Spade Cooley is that he also got involved in making Western movies. Now, he was born in 1910. So it would have been around the, the 50s. Late fifties, early sixties, he was doing a bunch of movies. Now he started off just acting or just directing. Acting, yeah. yeah. So he was more of a bit part kind of guy for a while. And uh, he was like a stand in and he was he done a little bit of stunt work. He was just whatever they needed. Yeah. So the most famous person that he worked with was Roy Rogers. He'll be like one of the big names in the the Western kind of cowboy and if you, if, kind of movies. If you were old enough you wouldn't mention John Wayne as your you'd, yeah. you'd say Roy Rogers. Roy Rogers, yeah. He's the kind of the daddy of them all. Yeah. So He's, he was a stand-in for Roy Rogers at the start, which meant that like if there was just scenes from behind or whatever, th- that's what the director would use so Roy could have the day off or whatever. Off the back of this, he got a little bit more work and eventually got little bit parts and tiny little talking scenes in, in the kind of Western movies back then. Yeah. Now, this led to him having more... A real gun. <laughs> not even. This led to him having more and more kind of more of a Hollywood influence and eventually he ended up with a variety show on television so in 1948 he was hosting this variety show a variety show is something like what Jill Tolland has one of those yes. kind of things yeah yeah, yeah. Right. so he had guests like uh, Frank Sinatra and whoever you can think of like would have been on his variety show he would have been a big big name yeah. in America at the time like he has he, he has a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame Spade Cooley right? that's how big he was and important at the time now, it gets real, real grim from this point onwards. He, That's what the people want to <laughs> exactly, hear. Yeah. Apparently, he <laughs> so thought that his wife was having an affair, right? So, he obviously wasn't happy. Now, apparently, he was a fucking She's scumbag. cheating on me, she? Yeah, exactly. Now, by all accounts, he was a scumbag as well. Right, he was having affairs left, right, and center, all over the place. But affairs, but she—he's talking about an affair, affair that he wasn't involved in. Exactly, it wasn't oh. his affair. Zero crack so, for him. Exactly, he's having none time to kill. <coughs> so he uh, he files files for divorce. He files for divorce. <laughs> oh, grimness! Files for divorce, and he wants the custody of his children. Right? He was like that fucking dirty bitch can't have the kids. She can't have the kids. Right? She? Yeah. So. Apparently it wasn't going well for him in court because the wife was like, "Listen, like I had one affair and he's had yeah. hundreds, like, but I still love." And I didn't, I didn't even finish. Yeah, exactly. I didn't even get to finish my affair. So warm. Turns out, exactly. It turns out she was having an affair with Roy Rogers. <gasps> when, when, when? She's having pistols an affair at dawn, sunshine for real, right? So the three kids. What happens? This is fucking grim. She goes off to collect the kids or something from his house or drop the kids off at his house during the separation, right? Loses his fucking marbles, right? Starts battering her with his hands, fists, feet, whatever, right? Hands and fists. He literally beats his wife to death uh, in front uh, of his 14-year-old daughter. Oh, don't be doing that. Yeah, right? Beats her to death while she's on the floor. Start lights up a cigarette, smokes a cigarette and starts stabbing the cigarette, a cigarette out on her. Jesus. To make sure that she's dead. Yeah, he's definitely a scumbag. 100%. I mean, I knew it before with the whole death thing. Yeah. That really much. puts the yeah. um, fine on it. So he killed his wife in front of the child's mother. And then when the cops arrived, because they heard the screaming and shouting, he tried to say that she slipped in the shower. He started telling the, the cops, she slipped in the shower. That's what's after happening to her. Yeah. Now, the cops weren't, they didn't really believe this. Because she was an ashtray. Yeah. She had cigarettes pointing and the kid was there as well. The kids said, listen, daddy fucking killed mommy. Uh, he went to jail. He uh, First degree murder. 
he was spared death. He didn't get the um, he didn't get the death sentence because he claimed temporary insanity or something like that. And he got away with it, and he was given really? a life sentence. Yeah. Now he was given a. This is real fucked up. He uh, he was given a furlough about nine years into his life sentence to go and perform a gig for the sheriff's office. Right? Apparently, this is a, this was a thing that happened an awful lot. And we'll get to this later on in the, in the podcast. Um, he's given a furlough to go out and play a gig for like the Sheriff's Ball of America or something For an like extra that. pudding at uh, probably, dinner. Yeah, for a jar of lube, whatever, right? <laughs> and uh, while he's doing the gig, he finishes the gig and he takes a massive banger and has a heart attack and dies. Cool. Nine years into his life sentence. So, fair fucks to you. Off you go, you horrible bastard. He died doing what he loved, apart from, but mor- in apart jail, from murder. But in jail, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's listen, uh, lads. This is grim, but this is what you want. You no, no, not our, not our fans. This is not what our fans want. Our fans. Well, maybe oh, they, wow. a little Excuse bit different. Yeah, fans. Uh, yeah, so he died nineteen sixty nine. Is when he died. Mm-hmm. So uh, nineteen ten to nineteen sixty nine. As long as Spade Cooley made it. It's a cool little story. Yeah, it's grim it's as fuck. It is grim. Uh, but yeah, like he he was in a uh, thirty eight westerns, and he like ten. No, he had six top ten singles. In the States. And his wife's name was Ella Marie Evans. Or, sorry, Ella May Evans, which is a very Western name as well. But yeah, um, that's a scumbag. That's a straight-up scumbag. Nine years into a life sentence. Haha, <laughs> you Do dead prick. Yeah. Suck on that death, you big horrible fuck. Who's your next one? My next one is Brandy. Brandy. The R&B star. Another one where I just heard a story that Brandy had killed someone's in your head. You're going, she left the club locked. Yeah. You just make up these things in your head. Because that, to be honest with you, that's what happens a lot in... America, gonna put it out on the line again. I have often left a club locked. Yeah, I'm not driven. Yeah, no. Driving over there. This is again. I have to put it out there. This is not what we're talking about with this particular one. So we'll go into it. San Diego, 2006. She is driving, um, and she hits into the rear of a Toyota. That car then hits the car in front, hits the divider, spins out in front of traffic, and gets Oof. hit by another car. Ooh. And the girl dies, unfortunately. Um, <coughs> What happened then in the court case, it came out that the California Highway Patrol later reported that the car that she hit had already hit the car in front, right. creating a, a stop. So she hadn't obviously left enough distance. Okay. Now that's, that's what it came out in. That's why it's, she, she isn't going to be, you know, in trouble. For, but unfortunately in America, that's not the end of it. Yeah. You will get lawsuits. Yes. And she did get lawsuits yeah, yeah, from, yeah. they did say that the only thing they found in her system was a very, very, very slight traces of marijuana. That's it. That's it. What are you going to a club for not drinking? Well, I don't know if she's in a club, actually. No, I was saying that's what happens in other people's things. Oh, you heard about them club. I don't think she was even at a club. Just out. Just out. Driving herself. Yeah. No chauffeur. No. The car in front, according to the California Highway Patrol, had already hit mm. car. So that's why the, the stop. So she... Wasn't she one of the Disney babies, Matt? Yeah, I think so. Or she at least did a... She did a D- Disney Cinderella remake movie. I think she was one of the like Disney kids on, on, on their channel. She had not a different 100%. name, I think. Yeah, possibly. Um, I remember Brian. She was sued then it was it was a uh, it was no charge anyway mm. uh, after sorry it was charged but it was no um, no conviction i don't think she was sued by the parents initially for 50 million settled out of court mm. husband undisclosed amount settled out of court kids 300 grand each settled out of court that's a lot of money that's the end of her uh, i don't know if it was i don't really i don't really didn't really keep up brandy's career after for that. real i've got all her records at home so in well uh, we haven't been mentioning the one names one of them has a big bloody handprint on it <laughs> Is one of them shaped? No, no, no you're not, not going to get me to do this. Mm. No, you're not. Um, so anyway, we haven't been mentioning the songs because it doesn't really matter. Not but in really, this, in this case, examples. in this case, we'll t- say if it matters. The song is called "Right Here," and people, uh, I would call, I was going to say, uh, music kind of researchers and stuff like that. I don't think too many researchers are re- reading into brandy stuff. But no. The song is "Right Here," and apparently, it is the the one that she wrote, maybe sort of about the situation. Really? Now, I wouldn't have picked the lyrics. Just, <laughs> just when you think you're about to turn back scared you might crash I'll be your ground when you feel your heart's guarded and see the break started oh my god wouldn't have went with those no two years after that no but that's just me anyway listen Stick with little it little does sound yeah have you ever yeah don't <laughs> listen I didn't think that's quite tragic now you know what that's just what the that's just going boy California state California, dead car. Who's, you know, there's another kind of tragic one. 
Obviously, they're, well, they're all tragic. Jesus Christ, they're all tragic. They but for the, for the person involved, um, it is a known thing that people will say, Brandy hit someone in the car, yeah, in their head. You're thinking, they always think that it's going to be 100% they're coming out of a club like that. Yeah. But in this case, that's that's what we know about it. Brandy Norwood. She just uh, smelled with some weed, man. That's all. Slight traces could have been from days Probably, ago. Exactly. Also, yeah, that's not really good. I think weed lasts like six months and I don't know anything about weed. Yeah. It's almost have been like, she just walked by a joint. Could have been. Who was your next been. one? Lead Belly. Lead Belly. I uh, picked the song Where Did You Sleep Last Night because it's probably so the one everybody knows because Nirvana yeah. covered it um, at the MTV Unplugged. Uh, so Lead Belly, this is old, right? Lead Belly was born in 1888. That's how fucking old he was. And he died in 1949. He was born Hoodie William Ledbetter. So there's a big kind of... Nobody can really figure out where the name Leadbelly came from. They reckon it was uh, with his accent when he said Leadbetter. It sounded, it sounded like yeah. Leadbelly. But Leadbelly is, is not someone that died from getting shot in the belly. I'll fill your belly full of lead. Yeah, it kind of came after. There was a million people said that like it's because you could eat loads of stuff. and Who knows, right? Leadbelly and he was a name. But not start calling me that. <coughs> no, I'll call you nostrils. Oh, <laughs> you dickhead. <laughs> I was thinking, you should change your name to Polly Diamonds. That'd be cool now. I do have quite big notches, especially when I flared them out. That was my nickname in school. Yeah. A, a bullying term, which I tell Gary, now he brought up on the yeah, podcast. It's too late to now. hurt me now. Yeah. Oh, well. It's all over. We never had a. What did Led Belly do? Please tell me he shot someone <laughs> in the stomach. He didn't. Okay. Um, so he had a, a kind of a weird little history. He was arrested a bunch of times. I mean, a fucking load of times in his life. He was. He was a hairy fucker, like, he liked throwing them hands and acting the bollocks, right? Big fan of acting the bollocks. So between, like, 1915 and 1939, he was, oh, Jesus, he must have been in, in jail, like, nine times. Doing fucking time, like, not just overnight, you know? But uh, mm. in uh, 1918, he's finally actually put into proper hardcore, hardcore jail, because he killed his cousin. What do you do that? Over a board. Over a woman. He's Can't be saying over a woman. He'd killed someone because he killed someone. Now, he killed someone over a woman. Him and his cousin were having a big row. Um, him and his cousin were having a big fucking row. And his cousin went, smell my finger. Exactly. And he was like, can't do that. I'm lead belly. <laughs> no, I don't know. But he killed his cousin. He killed his cousin over a woman. Now, what's weird about it, um, trying to get details over how he killed the guy is kind of... Probably because it was written on parchment back then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Chiseled into stone. <laughs> Um, it's hard to get detail, d- details on how he, he actually killed him. I, I'm assuming he knifed him. I, I don't think there'd be too much shooting involved. It's pretty early days. Um, he kills her over a woman. But this all happened while he was on the run after escaping being on a chain gang. Where did you sleep last night? Exactly. It's all coming around. Mm-hmm. So he, he's, uh, he's been imprisoned. He's doing time for another offence. And he does a full-on fucking Shawshank Redemption job and legs it from the chain gang. Off really? he goes. Disappears into the ether. Probably goes on the they, piss. They fucking lost their best singer. Oh. <laughs> this is... It goes full circle is now. Is that wrong that I said that? No. Everybody sings in the chain gang. No, but I was like, oh, fuck, man. He was the good baritone. Like, he needed him. Who's McCall? That, who's that, like, that band that everybody likes? Um, Queens of the Stone no, Age. No, they're like, uh, they're kind of satanic. They do loads of chain gang music. Um... I keep saying hustle and flow, but it's not. It's like valor and fucking something. Oh, I think another band you're talking about. Yeah, yeah I can't remember. Yeah, what yeah, yeah, yeah. They have loads of that kind of chain gang music incorporated, and like then it goes into a weird kind of a black metal bit for a second. You're thinking of Zeal and Ardor. That's them. Swiss. Yes, Zeal and Ardor. That's them. Um, Lead Belly invented that. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, he's on the run from the chain gang. Kills his cousin. His cousin's name is Will Stafford in a fight, and uh, he goes to jail. So, this is where it gets real weird. He um, gets out of jail. He gets out of jail after seven years because the governor of the state, I think it was Missouri, I'm not sure. Um, the governor of the state where he's imprisoned is a massive Lead Belly fan. This so is a what, common theme. This is a theme. This is yeah. absolutely a theme. The governor is a big fan. So, what the uh, Lead Belly writes him a song. He writes him a song, writes the lyrics down. Mails it off to the governor. He's like, listen, I'm not going to write your song. Like, big fan of you. And the governor writes him back. Big fan of you, Mr. Leadbelly. How would you like to get out? Oh, Jesus. What year was this? Oh, uh, fuck. Uh, it would have been 
Jesus, 19... Who could he do that? 40, I was going to say. I'm going to say yeah. 1940. They definitely like would have had the power. There was no, there was, there was no one going to be writing uh, posts about no, that. That wasn't going to turn up as a voice documentary. Absolutely. He was getting away with letting absolutely. him out for a song. Yeah. So, yeah, the governor was a big uh, big fan. But what the governor used to do while Lead Belly was in jail, because he was never seven years um, before he was let out. Was bootleg all of his records. No, but, but kind of. But what he used to do, he would get all his pals together and bring them into the prison and have Lead Belly do gigs for them in the prison. So we got a little, we got private because Lebby would have been a big name even back yeah. then. Would you like to play a gig or just go back down to cleaning the the, the toilets? Exactly. And uh, let me think about that one. Hang I'll do on. the gig. Yeah, give me that guitar there. Yeah, exactly. I know how to play that. Yeah, Quicker I'm good than, at that. I'm much better at using a guitar for songs than I am at a toothbrush for cleaning the jacks. Yeah, and fighting off getting railed on, <laughs> like for real. I'll sing. I'm going to write you a song. But yeah, he got away with it. Um, let out of jail after seven years for killing his cousin. But uh, yeah, definitely 100% killed his cousin. What's real weird when you go looking? Do you reckon he could out nowadays for seven years anyway for killing your cousin? I don't that sounds a bit right in America. I don't, I don't know. You either do a life sentence. Oh, he's black, isn't he? No, he's not getting him. Oh, he's absolutely not. No, well, he in, did. In nowadays, yeah. I mean, no, nowadays no, he's not. No, no, no. Absolutely not. Um, but yeah, you, the, the whole thing is is bananas. When you when you read the details of, of his life, him, like, his murder is like a real short sentence. Like not like as in a, se- a prison sentence, a written sentence. It's like killed his cousin over a woman, and then he just said seven years later he uh, gets to jail. Like it's real hard to find out oh, yeah. details yeah. once again. Yeah. Like it's just it's so long ago. Nobody remember. nobody can even decide why he's called Lead Belly, let alone why he fucking yeah. killed somebody. You know, he didn't put it in the song, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I didn't write a song about it. But yeah, that's a uh, Lead Belly. Where did you sleep last night? Absolute banana song. Yeah, insane song. But yeah, there's another uh, murder and scumbag. Here's your next one. On the topic of murder and scumbags, Bard Goldvig Ethan, a.k.a. Faust, Faust. from Emperor. Uh, he's a pro- probably a proper psychopath. Yep. And or... No, I'll go into that later. <laughs> so Faust um, kind of coaxed a man into the woods, a gay man into the woods. Now, Faust said he coaxed him in by, under the pretense that he mm-hmm. was going to do stuff with him, sex stuff. Sexy stuff for him. A few little bangings. Yeah. So what he did was he coaxed him out there. Now apparently Faust was at the time was like, I'd love to kill someone. I'd love to kill someone because I'd be mad into that. All my mates are burning down churches and, yeah. and stabbing. Well, then this was probably after. No, before. Yeah, we're all into mad stuff. I, I, all I do was play drums or whatever. Nothing um, to do in Nordic. Nothing Europe. to do. So because he carried a knife with him at all times. Now he said that he. I think initially he said that I, I just met him in the woods. Then it yeah. was like I coaxed him into the woods. I'm like, mate, you're gay. Straight up. If you imagine. You're okay, but there's nothing fucking. I'm just set the scene. Yeah. You go for a walk in the woods and you meet another random dude in the woods. What do you do? You run, don't you? Would you not run? Yeah. Well, Me personally. Well, no, hang on. You're, like, if your mum was like, any chances of yell, sex would be like, no, I'm alright, man. Thanks. Yeah, Grant. Keep walking. Yeah. Or, or run. Or, 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 or like, how good are you at the old sex? Yeah. Like, it's, it's, listen. In the, remember in the movie Lords of Chaos the colour <laughs> movie in that they, 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 they go against it and they say they lured him into the thing yeah. I'm going to go one step further and, and I'm just going to say Faust was a, a gay man who mm. didn't want uh, he wanted to hit it and quit it oh you see under the coniferous trees a lot trees. of people think that homosexuality was rife in that community where you couldn't be mm. in that do you know in, in Norway in, in the 90s or whatever like that the black metal scene would have been rather closed off as well like what, what he did say was I didn't do it for satanic reasons mm. I did it because I wanted to kill someone really so he stabbed him reportedly 37 times and then repeatedly kicked him in the head because he's a fucking doorbag scum um, police didn't have any suspects but here's the thing this lad's gone around telling everyone that he did it because really? that's what it's for that's what the whole thing was for bragging you know weeks, yeah. bragging apparently Danny Filth met him at a party and Danny Filth he put his arm around and goes, that's good Danny Filth was like this guy's a lovely fella he goes oh yeah killed a gay man in the woods stabbed him loads of times Danny Filth was like okay um, Danny Filth is so small he could have used him as a dildo yeah should have that would have been better than killing people to yeah. be fair no but don't remember Faust not gay oh right okay okay you know because right. he's not gay either. yeah um, they hadn't after obviously fucking Varg was uh, arrested for the, the murder of Hieronymus. Uh, I think that's when it all started to come out. Yeah. Don't, don't know if you rat on him or just the p- police went, did he, did he do it? Was like, don't know. Did he? Wink, wink. Um, he was arrested. Uh, did, how many years did he do? He, did, he was sentenced to 14, but he did... 14 uh, for killing someone? In that horrible way. Not only that, he got out nine and a half for good behaviour. Oh, he could do 14 years, do you know that? Be like a little holiday. If it was a good jail, 
14 years. I could do 14 years. I, I think I could. If it was a solid jail. For I couldn't do like for whatever. Like if you were just done by accident or you've done yeah. wrongful imprisonment. Yeah. yeah, as long as I knew it was like this is a lovely holiday. So you'd be like, all right, I'll take it. Fourteen years off? You just want to sit down. Oh, and you do don't understand. I've been I've been breaking my hole for my. You could finish The life. Witcher. I could finish. You could the finish Witcher, The Witcher finally. Three. As long as the telly was big enough that I could read the writing. Yeah. And um, listen, uh, I think this guy's a scumbag. Now he's still doing loads of. Um, I read another really weird story with Casey Chaos. Casey Chaos from Amen who I love I like Amen don't ever listen to him talking about anything oh, no, he's a fucking idiot I met him he's a fucking dope yeah well he he has uh, he has Faust in one of his bands or had at one stage yeah. and uh, he also has another guy from Emperor in that band I can't remember the name of him. they're called Scrum or some, mm. something like that I can't remember the name of them but I remember him giving an interview going listen he did his time blah 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 that's grand uh, he, said, he said the real crime is that those two musicians haven't played together until I got them together Ugh. No, mate, the real crime is that your man got stabbed yeah. to death. How about that being I hate when people say shit like that. The real dope. crime is, yeah, that's when I was like, Jesus, I'm never reading another thing by yeah, Casey Cass ever again. He also, also only put out two good albums, I mean. Yeah, two, two, yeah, maximum. Two, that's it. Yeah. The tour then it went to that California. Then it went, it's like garage. rancid or something. So like, yeah, they eventually went down that route. Yeah. So that was my uh, third one. Who was your third one? Um, an absolute scumbag. We're getting into dirt bag territory oh, now. This is the worst one. I was how I was... I, Ideally, I would have kept this one to last, but let's just hit let's hit the high point here, right? Okay. So it's a rapper. Jesus Christ, this is fucking horrific. I'm laughing because it's bad. Quick, called Big Lurch. Now, I had heard of Big Lurch. Yeah, I've heard of the name before of this. Before of this. Before this. Yeah, me too. So, Jesus Christ, Big Lurch had this weird style. Um, if you listen to his track, I picked the, the track Texas Boy, which would be kind of a well-known song yeah. by him. And he had this particular, uh, what I call acid rap, and I think all acid rap pretty much goes back to uh, Esham in Detroit, who I've talked about before. There's a really good podcast to be made about Esham. So, um, it would have been considered horrorcore. Right. Because he has this particular kind of spoken word style. Now, horrorcore... That's a mad genre of rap. See, horrorcore is more reliant on the contents more than the music. Yeah, like, I like when they do put it, like sometimes Tyler the Creator will put those creepy yeah, sounds in yeah. and that has that real actual horror sound. But I know what you mean, just that. It's just like he wouldn't have been. Like, the Cannibal Corpse. When he's, lyrically, it's just like the Cannibal Corpse. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah I get you. I get you. Like he, he, he's, this, this fucking scumbag started living what he was fucking writing, you know? So, Big Lurch. Here we go. His missus doesn't live with him. His girlfriend. He thinks that his girlfriend is cheating on him with one of her roommates. She shares a house with two guys, I think. So, Big Lurch decides this guy is fucking... Fucking hell, disgraceful. He thinks that she is cheating on him with one of the guys in the house. So, he goes over to the house one night. Now, apparently, at the time, he was mad into PCP. Oh, all he done was pieces. It's not the stuff that makes you just do bad shit bat, stuff. Bad salt, essentially. Yeah, like you just like you see videos on, on Reddit of those people on it, and it's just yeah, it's they're, outrageous. They're either going to kill someone or kill themselves or hurt someone. It's, it's someone's getting hurt. Yeah, so his, his girlfriend's name is uh, Tanisha Yaz, is her name or Yas, and uh, fucking hell, it's fucking horrific. So it's two thousand and two. What happens? It's in Los Angeles. I think he's from Texas. I think originally. But he's uh, he's based in LA now because that's where the, the labels are and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. He goes over to the house and uh oh, fucking hell. He goes over to the house, he kills her. He kills his girlfriend. He accuses her of cheating, kills the girlfriend. He doesn't just kill her. No. He eats bits of her. Right? He essentially tears her asunder. He cracks open her ribs. It's just a PCP shit. He blames PCP. Like, to be honest with you, I'm not going to fucking defend them, yeah. but that sounds like a PCP, like, yeah. where you do something that, uh, like, in his head, oh, that'll give me extra life, or that'll bring her back to life for you. Just, I don't know what, I'm not going to defend that. Goes, goes First of all, take that drug and you're yeah. your responsible for everything, you, everything you. you do on it. But, ooh. Um, he that, kills like, her. He chops open her chest. Um, he pulls her lungs out. Of course he does, yeah. Yeah, of course, that's what you do. Um, when the body is found, she has bite marks all over her face and she has bite marks oh, in her lungs Jesus that are Christ. external to her body. She's basically been eviscerated. When he's found, he's completely naked, running through the streets of Los Angeles, covered in blood, we head should, to toe. We got to re-edit this for a trigger warning for nah. me. For me. For you? Yeah, <laughs> right now. Um, yeah, he, when he's found, he's completely naked, he's covered in blood. Um, he attempts to claim temporary insanity. 
due to the fact that he'd been smoking PCP. Now, he, uh, they, when they blood tested him, the PCP in his body wasn't current. It was from a day or two beforehand. So he didn't do PCP that day, apparently. Um, so he's charged with murder and Temp- aggravated mayhem. Even if it is temporary insanity that you caused by taking a, a drug. Yeah, you've done it yourself. So fuck off. Yeah, you've done it yourself, yeah. Um, yeah, so he, he basically he mutilates her entire body. He eats parts of her. They didn't know that he had eaten parts of her. She was that destroyed and mangled. That the only way they found out that he had eaten parts of her is that when they were doing a medical exam on him and they emptied the, stom- the contents of his stomach, they made him vomit and all this kind of stuff, there was flesh in his stomach that didn't belong to him. So they found lumps of meat and they thought it might be in a, a tongue, his Jesus. tongue or lips or whatever, but no, it was external to his body. So when he was eating her, like biting her and killing her, and rolling around in her mutilated He's happy now, murdery <laughs> podcast people. You happy? Is this what you want? <laughs> For real. This is gross. Um, yeah, she had the lungs torn from her chest. Come on, stop saying that. Say and something no, else. Say a nice awful. thing. No, but don't say a nice thing, but say something different. Yeah, uh, I will say that that song, Texas Boy, is actually all right. It is all right. For that style of music. It's alright. But yeah, he's serving life in prison. There's no excuse for what he did. No, there is none. He, that's a terrible, awful yeah. human. Um, yeah, uh, he went to prison in 2003 and he is still there and he'll be there forever. Good. So that's a uh, big lurch. Eating a different kind of meat. Yeah, what's your next one? My next one is Jim Gordon. Yeah. Famous drummer from uh, Derek and the Dominos, uh, Eric Clapton's band. Yeah. Uh, and How many bands did Eric Clapton have? Uh, six million. Jesus. Yeah, just, just under six million. Were any of them good, bar cream? They're going to are alright. Really? Uh, Just alright. The other one. The other one he was in. The jam. It's going underground. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this is the this is the session drummer you had to have, Jim yes, Gordon. He's the guy. Everly Brothers, uh, George Harrison, John Lennon, Steely Dan, Joe Cocker, Frank Zappa, Harry Nilsson, Alice Cooper. He was a drummer on Pet Sounds. That's the lad. And he was, we mentioned before, Gene Clark did him as well. Not did him. Oh. Jesus. Um, he started, sh- he's, he's absolutely incredible drummer. He's the one you got, mm. basically. And he's in, he's in Derek and the Dominos uh, for a while. But his schizophrenia started to, schizophrenia? Schizophrenia started to show around the time he was on Joe Cocker's tour mm. in the early 70s, where he reportedly punched his girlfriend, who was Rita Coolidge. Mm. Uh, and and then uh, that, that was that, obviously that relationship over. But that's sort of a sign of what's up with this lad. That's yeah. not. I know it's the seventies, but still, that's not. He's not one hundred percent this lad. No. So then, it, uh, I don't think he's doing a huge amount really in the early eighties, mm. except for killing his ma, which he did with a hammer and then stabbed her with a butcher knife because he claimed a voice told him to. Now that Ooh. is schizophrenia. So uh, it's only after his arrest, I think, that he was properly diagnosed with schizophrenia but at the trial they, they they accepted that he had schizophrenia but because of a law that was passed in California um, it meant that he couldn't get off with that he mm. just has to go to prison whatever I, I, can't, I couldn't really find much about the in, Insanity Defence Reform Act and to be honest with you I wasn't going to read a massive amount into it all I know is that I'm going to tell you right now that is, once I read that in an article I'm not going no I, I, I could have clicked it yeah. I didn't imagine I'm no, I'm not going to read that. Imagine. And anyway, whatever it was, he, he, he couldn't. You would learn that and like good stuff would be pushed out. That's, I was afraid the rest of the stuff being pushed yeah. out. Exactly. My brain has only got... It's, it's, small, it's a small... Yeah. It's like the mini Tupperwares. Yeah. That's my brain. So we have to be very careful about what I start reading into and writing down. In 1984, he sentenced to 16 years life in prison. Here's where it gets sort of strange in terms of him trying to get off or at least be diagnosed mm. properly and get put into something a little bit less prison-y. Um, he was first eligible for parole in 1991. So between 91 and 2018, last year, he was attempting all the time to get out. To get out. That's a big stretch. It's a huge stretch. But here's the thing. In 2005, which is roughly around the middle of that, is it? Uh, yeah. He, one, of his, um, one of the things he said during the uh, thing was, no, my mask still alive. Oh, really? So you fucked that up. Oh. So he's still there. Now he's, oh. he's now been... They've, they've said, I think last year... Is he in a prison or is he in a mental institute? He's in a prison as far as I know. Hmm. Um, which is it's kind of mad if you're a schizophrenic. Yeah. If you're, you'd want to be putting... Oh, does, does that not then become a mental institution if you're in the, war, in the war? I know wards, there, there are mental wards in prisons. Yeah. But I think once you exhibit, once you go past a particular point, you need of, of violence. A, a specific Fair type enough. of care. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he is still looking for a parole and there's been a few interviews with him where he sounds quite... I read some of the interviews where he was like, yeah, listen, listen, th- 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 
I don't remember much of it. It was all a blur, which sounds like schizophrenia. But Jesus yeah. Christ, I mean, that's just the way it is. But saying in 2005 at a hearing, no, no, she's still alive, man. That's going to fuck you up. And he's still there. So uh, here's your next one. Fucking hell. What's the song? The, uh, Layla. Because, uh, I mean, yeah, Layla Derrick. Yeah, they know. I wasn't, like, it's, that's, that's not one of them. That wouldn't be more, one of the more important ones. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right. I've got another rapper. And uh, I skipped over my rapper. Did you? I have to go back to him. It's, okay. it's a very short one though because there's nothing on him and he's nobody. But, right. uh, sorry, go on. This this rapper, uh, it's JD, and uh, he was with a group called the Lynch Mob. The Lynch Mob would have been Ice Cube's yeah. kind of proteges. Once Ice Cube left NWA, and he had a couple of little, he had a couple of. The Lynch Mob was his first foray into having like a posse, you know, like a rap yeah. posse. Eventually, we ended up with Westside Connection, which is, I think, the best thing that was ever done. They're really good. Those two albums are just outstanding. Yeah. Outstanding. The, the greatest output by Ice Cube was always being the West Side Connection stuff. But JD, one of the rappers in the Lynch Mob. Now, it's 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 kind of interesting because when he... It's another kind of girlfriend cheating on him story. Mm. And it's... Again, it's more... It gets more and more complicated. His girlfriend had... Another couple of roommates as well. And he thought that the girlfriend was cheating with one of the roommates again. So instead of killing the girlfriend, he kills the roommate. Goes over to the house and kills the roommate. Um, I do not know, once again, how he killed the roommate. I don't know. Um, with murder. With, 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 with li- murder as a weapon. With a little murder, yeah. Um What's interesting is that at the same time that this was happening, another member of the lynch mob, T-Bone, was being charged with murder as well. Now, he was able to get away with it. Something happened. The the warden liked the first album. Quite possibly. But his charge was acquitted. I said uh, the warden. He wouldn't have got to the warden stage. Yeah. JD's was not. It was not. No. And um, he is still in there. So he's doing uh, a little slice of forever. Uh, once again, life in prison. But he was charged with murder. Uh, his girlfriend, uh, sorry, the guy's name, uh, his name was uh, Scott Charles, I believe his name was. Scott Charles, yeah, was the guy he killed. I don't know how he killed him. I think it was a gun. I think from something I read online, I think he shot him. Uh, the Lynch Mob done two albums. Um, the first one is called Gorillas in the Mist, which I have to say is fucking incredible. It's very good. This is pre-murder also, so you're allowed to like it. It's okay. very, very good. But he had murder on the mind. Uh, well, yeah, he was in a gangster rap posse, so most certainly every song was about that type of shit. Don't be judgmental now. Uh, well, I'd love to hear a gangster rap album about fucking unicorns. Well, um, Actually, so do I. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, Gorillas in the Mist is super. It is not on Spotify. Right. It's not on Spotify. Their second album is called King of the Jungle. It was just after this album was released that this murder charge happened. Uh, King of the Jungle is on Spotify, so this song I picked is yeah. that, that that's from King of the Jungle, which is decent, but it's not as good. The production on the album is very kind of Cypress Hillish, right? Which is what's kind of weird. Um, it would have been almost pre Cypress Hill, or at least yeah. as they were starting to come out early early nineties, nineteen ninety three, I believe. And um, so you can hear these weird jazzy samples in there. The song itself is pretty good. The album before it is much better. But yeah, this is another scumbag that went over. And just Don't worry took. about that. We're talking about the Midas. Yeah. Oh, the um, Midas. Mida. Um Speaking of rappers, yeah. Fucking Ja Rule. Um, didn't kill anyone. Talks about Mida a lot, though. Nearly killed all those people in the forest. Imagine. That's one of the greatest things that's ever happened to rich people in the world. Um, this is a scumbag by his own volition, not through his acts, you know. Um, but yeah, charge with murder, life in prison. Uh, at the same time this was happening T-Bone gets away with it um, yeah again another fucking scumbag that just took took someone else's life into his own hands that had absolutely no fucking and didn't cradle it threw it on the ground exactly having none of it shot the poor bastard for doing nothing doing nothing like and actually I don't know that he might have been cheating I don't know even if he was that's still not an excuse do you know what I mean no there's zero excuse for that hit someone to clatter if you have to but don't be fucking like, yeah. swinging bullets at them like Show people that you battered him. Yeah, battered him. Yeah, exactly. That, that way nobody will ever cheat in your mouth ever again. <laughs> like, fucking hell. Right, here's Knocking your next down one. on that. No. Uh, 
I skipped one over, so we go back to yeah, it. Go back it's to a very, very short one because yeah. he's an absolute nobody rapper. Sorry, not to be a dick. That's all right. But it, the story was quite interesting because Rad Diggs, and I had to even, he's not even really on Spotify. He's on a track that's on Spotify. Yeah. So the person we picked isn't the murderer, although he might be. I'm not going to put it there. Rapper Rad Diggs, a.k.a. Ronald Heron, was found guilty on 21 federal charges, including three murders. Mm. Now, <laughs> how he was caught was literally the evidence was his own music. Really? Prosecutor says here, prosecutors, right? He was a leader in a blood gang and ran uh, like drugs operations and stuff like that. He was too candid in his songs. So they literally just put all the lyrics up and the videos and stuff like that. Mm. He was in a few. He was in a few videos like "Waka Flocka," 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 "Waka Weird. His own. He literally not, rat, ratted himself out. That song I put on is not bad, actually. It's alright. That rock, rock riff. I'm looking at a rock uh, riff. There's an, it's a nice use of a, a good guitar in a rap song. It's, it's rare. Yeah. But when it's done, it's done really well. I just want to go, as you go back, I just want to go back and say that the big lurch thing, Yeah. what complicates things even more is that um, how they found out about the PCP was that the girl who was killed, that big lurch killed, her boyfriend her boyfriend claimed that the girl and Big Lurch had been smoking PCP together right. for a couple of days. So whatever the fucking big mix-up is there. So hopefully at least she may not have felt any of that. Hopefully, Jesus Christ. Oof. Oh, the grimness. Who's your next one? Because Rad Diggs, very short story. About yeah, that's fine. That's music. fine. Bang through him. Uh, Sid Vicious. Oh, yeah. Now... There were, there were, here's the thing a little disclaimer people will defend Sid Vicious to the end of the earth right there's still there's not that much proof that he actually killed Nancy Spongeon right it's still it's one of these great punk rock music conspiracies really okay. and truly so uh, Sid Vicious was born John Simon Ritchie 1957 he was the replacement for Glenn Matlock in the Sex Pistols really I thought they were in together because we're trying on Elbow Punk. What's uh, so Glenn Matlock basically wrote all the Sex Pistol songs, right. and he fucked off before the album just uh, Never Win the Bollocks was just starting to be recorded. Yeah. Now the rumor is that there's only one song on Never Win the Bollocks that Sid Vicious actually played on, right? Um, and that was Bodies, which is a song I picked. Which as far uh, Sex Pistols are fine. But I think Bodies is the best song that the Sex Pistols. Yeah, I do like that song. I'm not a big fan. It's, they're they're fine. They were more important than good, I think. Yeah. But I think that Bodies is their is their greatest song. Now the rumor is that he Sid Vicious actually played on this album. He they reckon he was supposed to play um, on the album, but he was hospitalized with hepatitis. So Glenn Matlock was dealing. I don't think Glenn Glenn Matlock might have put a couple of tracks down, but um, I think the guitarist ended up putting the bass lines down on the album it was right. a, again the whole thing is cloaked in fucking mystery and it depends on who you talk to what they tell you because a lot of like John Lloyd you never know what's really going to come out he doesn't really talk much about does not he he'd probably be a lying fucking anyway mm. so okay here we go now Sid Vicious is an awful fucking junkie he's a junkie because of his mother all the drugs take a slug out of that can before we get into this you're taking a deep breath as well <sighs> okay so, Sid Vicious' mother has a drug issue. He has a drug issue. The two of them have a drug issue together. So, while he's, he's trying to give up drugs all the time, he keeps failing. He keeps fucking... He ends up being sent to Rikers Island to his, rehab. His mother was... His mother's a junkie as well. I don't think she started off as a junkie. I think the father left... And whatever way it turned out, she ended up turning the gear and drugs and all sorts of fucking right. magic. Now, he ends up going to uh, Rikers Island to go to rehab. So his girlfriend, uh, Nancy Spongeon, is waiting for him to get out. He finally gets released from rehab. Uh, I believe he's collected from Rikers Island by Jerry Only right. from the Misfits. Misfits, yeah. And uh, they go. I know things the, exactly. They go and have a big fucking party. I think the party is in. Uh, it's in the hotel Chelsea 
in their bedroom, I think. It could have been somewhere else, I'm not entirely sure. Um, the Hotel Chelsea ends up being the site of Nancy's death. She's stabbed and killed. Now, she's stabbed and killed by a knife that Sid owns. Right. It's not okay. looking good for you, It's Sid. not looking great. It's not looking good Sid. for you, Sid. Now, the story behind the knife is kind of interesting. So, apparently, Dee Dee Ramon has this cool kind of butterfly knife. And everybody loves Dee Dee Ramon's knife. So, every party they go to, Dee Dee pulls out the knife, he's showing people this cool butterfly knife. And all the punk kind of Illuminati are there. It's just, it's 1970 splash. They're having the greatest of crack. Uh, Steve... Steve Bators from uh, the Dead Boys likes this knife a lot. So DD goes out and buys him a knife and gives it to him. Sid witnesses this and he thinks all the cool punk heads have these cool butterfly knives. Yeah. He goes out, buys the exact same knife that DD has and that Steve Bators has. And this is what he carries around with him. Um, during the party, uh, Sid is on methadone because he's recovering. During the party, someone shows up with um, a big bag of fucking gear gives it to him he decides to go and bang up a load of gear he sees uh, Nancy sees him banging up the gear she's like oh I'm not in on this as well the party's over the party was actually thrown by Jerry Only from the Misfits it was his recovery party which is fucking mental mental because uh, he's a born again Christian and please all don't now. be doing drugs or disturbance yeah Sid Vicious actually the whole thing is fucking mad so yeah, yeah he ODs in 1979 he gets sent to Rikers Oil he comes out Jerry only throws him a party uh, they're having the best of crack someone shows up with a load of heroin whether it was ordered by Sid or not or somebody just decided Sid needs heroin this is what happens I wouldn't have thought heroin was a very stabby drink until I went through Dublin and started opening my eyes until you what went through Dublin an hour ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Now, apparently, Sid comes running down to uh, the, the hotel foyer saying, she's dead, she's dead, she's dead, or something's happened, blah, blah, blah. Is he covered in blood? I'm sure he had a bit of blood in him. I, I don't know. Every picture of him is covered in blood. During the, <laughs> during the, uh, the cops being there, he admits to stabbing her. He says, I did. I stabbed her. Right. A couple of days later, he recants that. And says, because I don't the remember. lawyers went exactly no Sid don't say that yeah um, then he recants that he says that she fell on the knife while he had it out because uh, she was fighting with him and she ran at him and he had the fucking knife in his hand and that's how she stabbed herself anyway Nancy dies Nancy dies um, he attempts suicide a bajillion times bajillion times um, he ends up dying again Sid dies himself at a party after doing a load of heroin. Um, another party thrown by Jerry only. His parties sound like the best crack. Yeah, yeah, it's, it doesn't sound great. So Jerry only from the Misfits throws this throws this party. He goes for another party after the last one. Yeah. What could happen? What you know? Yeah. What could happen at a Jerry only party? And he outdies right, and he dies. Now Nancy was Jewish, so she is buried in a Jewish cemetery. Uh, Sid's mother. And Sid, oh sorry, after Sid is dead, Sid's mother approaches Nancy's family and asks, can we scatter Sid's ashes on Nancy's grave? Because Sid was very adamant that when he died, he tried to, he attempted suicide a bunch of times. He was very adamant that when he died, he wanted to be buried beside Nancy. But he couldn't be because he wasn't Jewish. Mm. So And probably a murderer. And probably, almost definitely a murderer. Imagine fucking, like if there is an afterlife and you get to spend... I don't know how it works. You sit in, you sit in your box in an afterlife and then the, just comes, the guy stabs you comes beside you in the well, box. Appara- oh, no. Apparently Stop. you float around near where you died or where you're buried. I don't know. Yeah, one one about, either one, he's going to be there. Like pretty much, Isn't he? The, the case for ghosts is cancelled by the fact that people see ghosts in cemeteries. You know what I mean? It sounds like yeah. nonsense to me. Anyway, uh, Nancy's family say, no, you're not fucking scattering his ashes near my Nancy because uh, he killed her. Rumour has it that Jerry Only snuck into the cemetery with the ashes and scattered them. Jerry Only is a bit of, uh, for want of a better word, misfit. I will tell you, I've uh, spent a little bit of time with Jerry Only and he's a lovely man. Yeah, but if he did that, he's a scumbag. Yeah. Scattered uh, the ashes apparently on Nancy's grave against Mother's wishes. Yeah, don't But do th- that. to be fair, listen, Nancy and Sid are like, 
Like it's that's the true romance story. You know what I mean? They might be killing each other literally and fighting and whatever. But if you if you designed to be you, together. If your heart is warmed by the story of Sid and Nancy, then you are gonna be bound for a shite relationship that you deserve. Uh, <laughs> and your your favourite film will be fucking probably true romance as well. Yeah, but that's not as that's not as fucking horrible. There's a can be an album. Ooh, so openly. Wasn't it? Yeah. So openly. Who was your next one? Uh, Vince Neil from Motley Crew in nineteen eighty four was partying all day. With, you know Hanoi Rocks drummer did he rock and roll all night that's Kiss but yeah, yeah. he did and on and part of the day with uh, Nicholas Razzledingi from um, the Polish or the Polish band the Finnish band Hanoi Rocks two of them decide we're drink let's go and uh, drive my what's the name of the car oh, the Tomaso Pantera car such a beautiful car wasn't by the end of the trip unfortunately no. because uh, in shite he lost control after speeding into oncoming traffic seriously injures two of the people he hit um, and kills uh, Razzle Dingy, unfortunately. He was found, obviously, to have blood alcohol way above the limit. Of course, in shite. He is ordered to pay $2.6 million in restitution to the Ooh. other two victims of the crash Ooh. and 30 days, which he only serves 15 of, and 200 really? hours community service. Scum. This, is, this guy is clearly bulletproof. You, you'll yeah. just get into it now. It's absolutely mental. The fact that you would think that would be Something that would make you open your eyes. You killed someone. You mm. did kill him. That's that's uh, is it manslaughter. Is it? I don't know. Reckless. I think it's manslaughter when you don't really intend to do it. It just happens. Yeah. I don't know. Of course he survives because he's a fucking cockroach. Yes. Um. That's really the, the song I picked is um, "Home Sweet Home" mm. from Theater Pain, which they he dedicated to uh, Razzle. It's also not really a bad song. It's it's a ballady ballady yeah. thing, but let's just. Take a little quick look at Vince Neil after this accident. Mm. Now, I know that his daughter died, and that is absolutely horrible. Absolutely horrible. But um, there's no excuse for all of this shit. So this is after killing someone in 1984. Because I'm sorry, but he did kill someone. 2002, arrest for punching record producer Michael Schumann to the ground. Uh, He has to do more community service for that. 2003, arrested again for the accusation that he assaulted a sex worker. Mm. In the Moonlight Bunny Ranch, which is a mad place. We've yeah. watched documentaries on that before. It's yeah. absolutely fucking mental. Um, he pleaded no guilty. Battery charges, sentenced to 30 days. He loves his old 30 days. Uh, suspended, obviously. Of course okay. suspended. Come here, you know when you see that like suspended sentence, do you ever actually have the sentence like, served? If you, if you do something in that time, I think, you'd, in the time... So like if you do a bit the, of like yeah, no, picking up rubbish no, you're, you're, you'll, you'll pay for the next time you commit a crime. So you'll add uh, that to the, as far as I know. Okay. All the people that look listen to these fucking murder podcasts can correct me. Yeah. Um, to be fair, we know jack shit about murder. We are... No, we're music people. But we're branching out. We are branching, <laughs> branching out. out. So, next uh, one is uh, celebrity t- music sex tapes. Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. So 60 days in anger management, fined a thousand for assaulting a sex worker and paid, he paid $132. This, this lad is bulletproof. And let's keep going. Fucking hell. December 2004, after a fight during a show, he left a sound man unconscious for 45 minutes. Probably paid for that one now, of course. There's no information about what he paid there. Here's where it really starts fucking pissing me off even more. 2007, arrested for a suspicion of DUI. Back to a scumbag. Imagine killing someone and going back to that shit right in Las Vegas where he was making... Especially a, when you're that rich that you could just have people drive you around. Yeah, that's them. what I don't get. Like, literally could... But no, he wants to be the one because he's driving yeah. a Ferrari. And it's erratically. Um, he worked out a deal with prosecutors where he pleaded guilty to reckless driving in exchange for them dropping the DUI charges. Again, lads bulletproof. Let's shoot forward. Four years, 2011. He's a charged, charged with battery and disorderly conduct after an altercation with his ex-girlfriend. Again, this is more fucking around in courts. Get away. Gets away with it. Of course he gets away with it. <sighs> 2005, 15, is a, it's just, just a regular suit for fraud. Mm. Half a million for fraud. So we'll skip over that one because it's not particularly interesting. 2016, charged with misdemeanor battery of his girlfriend. No, sorry, a fan. A fan outside a casino fuck. in Las Vegas where uh, Nicolas Cage had to restrain him. Get the fuck out yeah, of here. Yeah, Nicolas Cage had to go, hey man, fucking chill out, dude. <laughs> You can't do those. Do those, do those, do those fake karate yeah. chops. So he's charged. He gets it off for a thousand, thousand quid. But um, it goes on a little bit longer, and he's sued. And I think ultimately he had to pay maybe one hundred and seventy grand. Um, he's a scumbag. Yes, especially the DUI after that. That's dirt. 
and again there's so many things you can really fucking lamp on this cunt he's just not a nice human being yeah. all the shit that he did as well as that if you haven't seen him doing Girls 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 Stop recently it. at that award uh, one the, of the, the greatest things I've when, they re- when they re-released that shit movie The Dirt yeah. which is a shit film the worst um, about a, a horrible but they're a horrible man now, I, I'm a fan of the music to be perfectly honest with you because if you distance yeah. yourself a little bit from it but they're kind of scumbags and he's king scumbag everyone thinks it might be Nicky Six or Tommy no it's this guy he's the, he's the king scumbag Um Watch him doing the last performance of Girls, Girls, Girls after they'd retired for like the fifth time. Shocking. I can't believe they, someone, Molly Crow are very tight with their yeah. their promo and and all merch and stuff like that, much more than like Kiss would be. So I'm surprised someone went to put that out. Yeah. Put this performance out. Just yeah. watch that. And it gives me a little bit of kind of, I'm kind of glad that he's such a mess now. Yeah. Because fuck him. All the lives he's fucked up, fuck him. Wrecked everything. Wrecked everything. And I uh, watched that performance of Girls, Girls, Girls. That's one of the worst. No, kick, sorry, kickstart my heart. It is. Is it? Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Unbelievable. Check but, that oh, out. Like, I read that book. I read The Dort when it came out. And I enjoyed it. Like, Neil's Joe's a great, uh, you know, ghostwriter. I'm not ghostwriter because he's, he's the, yeah, the guy like, who does it. It's, Did Marilyn Manson's one as well. It, it reads, like, interesting. You know, it makes the band. Like, I, I, I had a partial interest in Motley Crue. They're fine. I wouldn't be their biggest fan, but I don't hate them. And when I read the book, I was like, I have to get balls deep down with the Motley Crue. Yeah, there's so much. Yeah. There's absolutely there's so much. A lot even, going on. There's so much with Nicky, there's so much with Tommy. Yeah. Mick Mars, clean enough living. Yeah. Apart from being a mad alcohol. Yeah. Clean enough. Mad de- degenerative bone syndrome or something yeah. he's got going on. But the older one seems sound enough. But the rest of them, I'm sorry. Yeah. there. Who's your last one? This is it. You ready? Yeah. This is fucking incredible. I've been waiting for the chance to talk about this for about 10 years. Right. Joe Meek. Oh, yeah. This is fucking insane. Right. Joe Meek, was, he was a musician, but he kind of wasn't. He was he was a sound engineer and a producer, was what he was. So he was Puff Daddy. Kind of. He was also a songwriter. He'd done a little bit of everything. But Joe Meek is quite possibly the most important person to ever exist in music. Holy shit. Right. Joe Meek was like instrumental. Literally. Literally. <laughs> in the like creation of like overdubbing, sampling, reverb oh, wow. everything right that was his thing he was the first guy to kind of like what we talk about when we talk about stuff like pet sounds and and the pet shop uh, pet shop boys i keep saying that um, the beach boys because the pet sounds wow, so the pet sounds boys <laughs> um when we talk about stuff like that we talk about uh the recording studio becoming an instrument unto itself he's the first guy to use the studio as an instrument yeah but like in terms of like adding yeah. effects on and stereo spreads and all this kind of stuff now joe, now stereo spread joe meek is born in 1929 and he would have been a pioneer in like what they would call like space age music and instrumental music and that that's the studio effects coming to bear there now <sighs> jesus christ now he worked with a lot of people he'd he done a lot of uh production with people he also he's kind of one of the things he's famous for will be saying that like the Beatles were shit and like turning turning down the Beatles and turning down bands that became monstrous, right? Yeah. So he's most certainly like a, a an an underworld underground kind of hero in a way, and that he never really got to touch off massive acts, right? But the acts that he did work with became influential in their own way, right? Like he was more appreciated after he was gone. Than right. he was while he was alive. Um, one of the big things he's famous for was uh, Mitch Mitchell, Jimi Hendrix drummer. One of my favorite drummers of all time. Yeah. Absolutely um, incredible drummer. He made him perform on a track while he had a shotgun held to his head to uh, incite a great performance. He yeah. wasn't happy with Mitch's performances. So he went into the booth, pulled out a shotgun, cocked it, held it at his head. I'd say play it right now. Or I'm it's time to see maybe where Phil Spector gets his buzz yeah, from. Yeah, I was going to use Phil. Sorry. Phil is no, has nothing on this lad. Nothing. Now, Joe Meek was gay. During the time that being gay was most certainly not the done deal. He was terrified. He he was terrified of the Cray Twins in London. Who, um, one of them was gay? Yeah, but in a, yeah, but there, I think there, were, there was still a lot of kind of self-hatred going on. Course. Well, if, to be fair, that's going to happen if, if society doesn't want you to be yeah. like that. You're going to listen to society sometimes. Back then, especially, you, you couldn't, you couldn't get away with it. Exactly, absolutely couldn't get away with so it. So he's terrified of crash winds. He's kind of hiding from them all the time. He's afraid they're going to come after him. He's English. He's yeah. English. Um, probably said that. He was. He had everything wrong with him. Right. He he was bipolar. He had schizophrenia. He you name it. You absolutely name it. Um. 
he warts. warts probably probably he was obsessed with communicating with the dead while he was alive and he used to go into cemeteries and set up reel to reel tape machines and record overnight that's kind of cool kind of but what he would do, he would end up recording stuff like cats meowing and cats walking around. And he was convinced that these were spirits that he'd recorded in cemeteries. And he'd end up working bits of that into songs and production and shit like that. Yeah. Exactly. Um, he thought that Decca Records had implanted microphones behind the wallpaper. They're the ones that turned the Beatles down. Yep. Because <laughs> oh. he was doing a bit of work for them. Um. He, he probably the one that said, "Don't get the beer." I man. think There's so. Shit. I actually think he oh, might have been. God. The one. Yeah. Oh God! Yeah. He was convinced that they had implanted microphones behind the wallpaper in his flat, and were listening to his ideas. Because um, he used to, is fucking horrible. Isn't yeah, it? horrific. It really is actually horrible. Absolutely horrific. So he he thought that poltergeists were controlling him, right? In his flat, he thought that when he when he was in his flat. That the minute he walked in, a poltergeist would enter his body and control him, walk him around and make him do stuff. Full on convinced that this was a thing. Now he was working with a band called the Tornadoes. And there was a guy in the band called the uh, Heinsburt. And he had a shotgun. And he used to carry a shotgun around apparently in the van in case grief broke out or somebody yeah. wouldn't pay him or whatever. And Joe decided one day, listen, fucking Heinz, you can't be having this shotgun. You know what I mean? You're in England now. You can't be carrying the shotgun. I'm yeah. going to take it off you. And I'll stash it. For when Mitch Mitchell is here. Exactly. For when the Crage wins come after me. Uh, so the odd time, he, this, the song I picked is called uh, Night of the Vampire. It's fucking incredible. It's so good. It's a band called the Moon Trackers that he worked with. And he was known to kind of do a few little musical bits with the Moon Trackers and put down some vocal lines and produce them and have a bit of crack. It's hard to find stuff that he actively played on a lot. Yeah. But I picked this because this is a great, this is a great track. It's another kind of instrumental. It just sounds like something Rob Zombie would put in a film. You know, it's got that that fucking magic on yeah. it. So here we go. His landlady, her name is Violet Shenton. And one day, Joan Beek has a particularly bad schizophrenic fucking bipolar episode. He believes that his landlady is, has uh, set microphones up in the fireplace on the ground floor and is recording everything he says via the chimney in his flat. And this has been going on for ages. And he keeps calling her up to the room and he's screaming at her saying, listen, stop recording me. I know you've got microphones set up in your flat below me. And I know you're recording what I'm talking about in the flat. She's like, I don't know what you're talking about, Joe. Chill your beans. You know what I mean? Relax the fuck. You're a mad bastard. Exactly. You absolute fucking looper. But you've plenty of money. So keep paying that delicious, delicious rent. One day he calls her up. No extra for the ghosts. Exactly. Ghosts live rent free in Chow Meek's house. On his head. <laughs> exactly. God love him. He, uh, one day he calls her up. He says, fucking get up the fuck up here. She's thinking, oh, it's going to fucking give out to me now about recording the microphones. them. Through the fucking chimney again. Jesus Christ, this is nonsense. She goes up, walks in the front door, pulls the shotgun that he took off Hoyne's board, blows her fucking head off, oh, turns her around, hell. shoots himself in the head. That's the end of Joe Meek. Yeah. Fucking murder-suicide job in his oh, own Oh, hey, flat. Joe, what's about? Hey, Joe, the Jimi Hendrix song? I have no idea. Where are you going with that gun? That's a hand? cover, isn't it? It oh, is yeah, a cover, so yeah. It's, definitely it's, not, not. it's not him, yeah. Uh, yeah, killed, um, killed his landlady, uh, Violet, and killed himself. Um when they were cleaning up the apartment, they found this giant chest, big wooden chest, and apparently had like 2,000 reel-to-reel tapes in it of music and effects that he had like invented and created in the apartment. And that was, apparently this is one of the sources of his fucking psychosis, was that when somebody would release an album or a song or a, song or a single, and he would hear an effect or a weird type of thing in it that he thought that he had created in his flat, and hadn't actually brought it into his own studio yet. He thought that his landlady was listening to him, or Decca Records was listening to him. And stealing yeah, those effects. And stealing those, them all, yeah. yeah. So the, the the schizophrenia and the bipolar um, just got a hold of him, and that was the end of it. Fucking, and his, his landlady had to suffer as well, you know. Yeah. But yeah, Joe Meek, listen to that song. As as scumbaggy as that is, that's a mental illness, right? Uh, yeah, fucking, that's, yeah, exactly. And... Um, that's, yeah, that's, one that's two victims really there. Yeah. Um, as terrible as it sounds. But listen to that song, that Night of Vampire is 
outrageous. It's so good. It's so good. All a bit of a downer after this podcast. A little bit, yeah. We have to drink more gargle and record another one. Let's do that. You asked for nothing. No, <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, yeah, yeah, that's I just it. Go over quick again. Keep yeah. me on a brandy. Absolutely fine. That's in, a, in the that, they're, they're fine. I put, them, I put them at the start because I just the more I read about it, I was like, ah, I'm not. Would not hold them accountable mm. for that. Uh, well, you know, geez, maybe the families do. They probably do. So. Oh, of course. Well, if yeah. you were, if, if, you, if, if someone was involved in any way, shape, or form in, yeah. in the death to do with somebody. Uh, you loved that's who you're going 100%, after 100%. Let, let's be honest but uh, that's our grim uh, musicians and our gin, gin, people involved gin. in music who have, who have done a, a bad murder a bad murder actually do you know what would be a great soundtrack to this podcast would be that last song that Night of the Vampire song really would, would fit really well behind what we're talking about but yeah we do not in any way condone any of the actions of any of these people Jesus obviously um, accidental or absolute scumbaggery the bangers yes the do the songs stand alone? I don't know. I'm not the one to make that argument. Loads um, of them do. Loads of them do, but I, I'm not going to be the one. Especially that Rad Diggs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's uh, that's our Graham Killers one. Uh, yeah, we will put a little possible warning on it, especially, yeah. especially that fucking Big Lurch bit, which I still feel a bit queasy about. Yeah, uh, Big Lurch is not, not a nice lad. No, that's our... Uh, you know what? I, I think I suggested this one and then instantly regret it. And you were like, nah, let's do it. Let's do it. This is a good one. I, th- these are the ones that you get a little bit of meat behind, you know? Yeah, listen, it's, it's story related. It's, it is music history, which uh, exactly. we're doing very well on the charts, we're apparently. Music we are history. doing, but we, not, we kicked the shit out of Robert Plant this week. Yeah. Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin has his own podcast, and we kicked him square in the stones this week. And we uh, jumped ahead of him. Good. Yeah, uh, we moved to number two in the music charts. Um, music history charts. Was it? I can't I remember. So, yeah. I do not remember. Doesn't matter. Uh, we moved to number numbers. two in a chart. <laughs> in of all, of the, all of the charts of, yeah. of all Billboard. Here, here's the thing about podcasts. It's actually really difficult to get numbers and uh, placements to help because there's so many there's so many different outlets for podcasts. It's really difficult to get them all together. Yeah. What I will say before we go is something I'm going to say on every single podcast to get used to it. We have a Patreon. Yeah. This takes time to do. As much as we enjoy doing it, it will be great to be uh, to make a few quid and pay for hosting and ads and equipment. I ordered a bunch of equipment last week. It does make us sound better. It does actually make us sound, sound better. Because we sound too like gremlins otherwise. A little bit. I'm actually sick at the moment. Are you a bit sick? No. Are you all right? It's very strange I haven't been sick. I'm yeah. a little sick boy. I'm a little bit sick at the moment, which yeah. is rare for me as well. Uh, but yeah, we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash lost art podcast. It's five euro a month. That's our only tier. The one We're not doing tiers above that. No. Stick with that one. Um, and we really appreciate the new people who've come on to it as there's, well. there's people on there you, you won't be the first one don't worry you're joining the group we have a bunch of stuff that we're going to put up on Patreon we're just waiting for enough people to be there for there to be so an actual audience yeah, yeah. there's no point in putting it up there um, but it's, the it's already made a difference so we, we really appreciate Big time. it thank you like, at the moment hosting is paid for now we're onto equipment and we recorded a video today as well, um, the day we recorded this podcast, and that's all equipment that we bought ourselves out of our own pockets and stuff mm. we had lying around. We can make better content with better equipment, and we can have more fun. We can actually break out of the studio and fucking do some fun stuff for you. Yes. But uh, thanks for listening, and we're back again next week. Thank you.